0: My thesis is that emotions can be fostered but not taught in a classroom over a love of reading. My reason number one is that emotions cannot be taught but are fostered. For example, I use that teachers in schools are not enthusiastic about punishment in any event. So many return to rewards as motivators. My reasoning behind this quote is that rewards... Appeal to a sense in a student of, oh, if I do this, and I can gain that, and that encourages them to want to read. And the more they want to read, the more there's a chance that they will learn to love it. Children might think, my, sorry, children might come to confuse academic reading with reading for pleasure. If they do, they will come to think of reading as work. Thinking of reading as a work or something that's obligatory and necessary kind of takes the funness out of it choice is enormously important for motivation choosing what you want to read for pleasure and for during leisure time that will help you enjoy yourself more teens are hyper social so reading ought to be social for them as well such as talking about the book with others doing projects on them learning about it going into the deeper meaning Um, my second reasoning is that you cannot force reading but encourage it in the classroom, for example, students who read independently become better readers, score higher on achievement tests, have greater con- content knowledge. The encouragement of reading, helping you grow academically is a really big thing because like you want to succeed in school and you want to go far in life. And if there's a way to do that, a way to access that achievement by reading, then why not do it? Reading helps you to encompass a variety of genres in order to not limit students to the bridges, sorry, to encompass a variety of genres in order not to limit students' bridges to the joy of reading. Like having a wide-based variety, allowing you once again to pick and choose what you would like to read, what you would not like to read. Um, Not academic necessarily, but in your own personal time. And attitudes about reading are influenced by a number of issues you can be influenced by your socioeconomic status your family life your academic life and that can be make it really hard to love reading if all it does is causes you stress and you have to consider the social emotional educational supports that are needed to develop the literate so that kind of goes hand in hand with the quote i said before saying that to be in the right mindset to read and to gain a love of that reading is by being able to be relaxed and understand and take in the book if you're stressed and constantly worried then you're going to remember being stressed and worried reading that book you have to associate reading with relaxation it helps you just focus and take away the meaning of the book rather than always associating reading with being stressed and feeling you have to keep doing something else take the time to just relax my third reason is students will see what their teachers do Modeling consistent, independent reading for students and expecting the same from them is a key means of influencing their behavior. So teachers who are genuinely passionate about books and reading stand a better chance of instilling a similar love in their own students because they will truly model the readers they hope their students will become. So the relationship between the teacher's love of reading and support, that means they support a love of reading for their students. Teachers who value and enjoy reading sometimes arrange their classrooms to foster children's in-school and out-of-school reading, meaning they know, like, teachers who love to read already know what it takes and how they got to where they are with their love of reading, so they're gonna be able to understand and arrange the situation a little bit better than someone who doesn't love reading and is already uncomfortable with the idea of just sitting down and reading a book. Have If you've ever heard the saying, you do what you you do what you see like you model what you see in your daily life if you're consistently seeing like students sorry if you're consistently seeing teachers reading a book having time for reading talking about what they're reading in their own time then you're going to see someone you look up to and most likely admire and you're going to want to imitate them and do what they do so you can achieve the same things in life as they have and another part that I thought was kind of interesting is like a way to encourage reading. Because the more you encourage it, the more they're gonna do it, which leads to a greater chance of having a left for reading, is have the student read the whole book before you discuss it in class because sometimes discussing the book kind of takes the magic out of what's gonna happen. It makes it more unex- like it takes away the excitement by adding in all of these words of plot setting rise in actions with a bunch of literary jargon like sometimes let them embrace and feel the whole literary setting before you completely dissect it um explaining the social value of reading to students kind of like relating to their personal lives and what's going on with them so they can relate to the book and like you can relate to more classic literature and you can also rate to relate to young adult literature it's just finding a common theme because themes don't disappear over time um don't just teach literary criticism highlight the practical use like you're going to be critiquing throughout your whole life and literary criticism at its best is more about the criticism than it is about the literature. So if you teach them how to properly critique something, then they could even possibly turn that to a living. Um, present present books as sources of instant gratification and accomplishment, which is super important in today's society, especially with social, me- social media that automatically get, grants you instant gratification via Snapchat, via Instagram, via automatically getting in touch and reading, kind of has this preconceived notion that you don't get right what you want Right when you want it and it'll take time and it's boring when really if you present it as yes this will cause you instant gratification then you're more likely to gain some non-excited readers um you kind of want to take the social pressure off of it because if a student has heard all their life oh i can't read you're not good at reading then they're not going to want to read so i feel like taking away the social pressure pret- pressure and know that like it's okay, and to always encourage them rather than saying you can't do this. I think it'll also encourage people to be, to relate reading with happiness. Um, you have to work at each student's ability level. I think that like if you are have you're going to have students at all different levels if you have a student in a college reading level and one in the middle school level you can't teach the middle school level the college level books and you can't hinder the college reading level by hindering the middle school books so you have to kind of find an even common ground or work to each student specifically and i'm not a teacher so i don't know how difficult that could be i think having a uh, number one important goal is teaching the students to love words because you have there's so many different facets to reading but if like students and children hate vocabulary, care nothing for the way a letter looks, the way it engages the eye don't care about the origins of the terms used to get today then why would they even bother reading a whole book teach children at an early age to appreciate writing and to appreciate the language and then when they read a book they're going to appreciate the impact even more a uh, big counter argument against my position is that you can teach love And I really don't believe that you can teach an emotion. Therefore, I think fostering or developing a space where love can be created is entirely feasible. But I don't believe a teacher can physically teach a student how to feel a certain way about a specific topic. How could you disprove an individual's preconceived notions about reading that they have developed from peers and the people around them? Throughout their life. In response to Emma Snead's question, if the preconceived notions were negative, I'd suggest talking to people the reader does not normally converse with. I believe this could reduce the risk of bias and reduce the risk of the need to please. However, whether good or bad, no one should have a preconceived notion until they themselves have lived the experience and can come up with their own personal opinion so you said that children might come to confuse academic reading with leisurely reading or reading for fun and that like academic reading leads to children not wanting to read and not having a passion for literature and like the education you gain from reading a novel because they believe it's a chore um but if reading is so educational and has so many benefits how are teachers supposed to like teach these educational opportunities without having things like summer reading or reading books in school where they can learn these difficult subject matters and difficult ideas in the world and just that people need to know without having things like summer reading and non-obligated reading While pleasure reading is important, academic success is also a priority. To gain a love of reading, one must read for leisure, but to have success academically, I believe that one must do the assignment. You can't always love the assignment that you are given, but it is important to fulfill your student obligation, student responsibility to find success in school. However, If you only had to choose between pleasure reading and academic reading, I highly suggest pleasure reading. I think, though, to still gain a love for reading, you must appreciate the difference between leisurely reading and academic reading.